let me just let you know that God doesn't love you because you're lovable. God loves you because he's loving. God loves you because he is love. He personifies love. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Life Church Canton podcast. My name, of course, is Sam Parham. I'm the host of the show. Thank you so much for listening. This week's episode is the last week in our Story of God series. Pastor Johnny is bringing us uh, a great message on the love of God uh, and the Bible being his love letter to us as his people. Um, next week, uh, we're going to start a new series uh, that's kind of based in the book of Daniel and about how Daniel handles his fear. I'd encourage you to just tune in for that. I think it's going to be a powerful series as so many of our motivations often are based out of fear um, and not out of out of love and out of uh, a, a heart of, of true connectedness to Jesus. So I, I really am excited about that series. I think it's going to be worth worth your time. But um, this message from Johnny wraps up uh, our series of the story of God quite nicely. Um, it's a story about the prophet Hosea and his uh, journey of love. Here's Johnny. Enjoy. All right. All right. Well, I'm glad you guys like each other. Happy Saturday. Ha- uh, good afternoon, everybody. Okay, I heard two of you. Uh, good afternoon. Sweet. Hey, uh, my name is Johnny. I'm one of the pastors here at Life Church. Super excited that you're here. Uh, beautiful day, huh? I've been able to spend some time outside. Great day. And uh, what we're doing is we are concluding a series called The Story of God. And when Nathan kicked this off, he talked about the story of God, the Bible, as being this meta-narrative that there's this overarching story that gives us context in our history. It gives meaning and purpose to all of life. And the story of God itself isn't just one story, though it is a story of God. We've got the God of the story. It's actually, the Bible is, is a collection of books And it's uh, 66 books, in fact, 40 different authors over thousands of years written in different cultures and two different cultures. And uh, um, and so what we have in this is this this story that points us to this God who loves us. And what we wanted to do with this series is, is really encourage you to get into the story of God. In fact, you are already in the story of God. I loved what Jared said last week that, that we, we see in the Bible events that have unfolded, and yet we also read in the Bible events yet to unfold. So you are actually still in the story of God. Uh, but we wanted, we wanted to encourage you to get into it, and, and, and one of the ways that we, we did that to kind of excite you about God's Word was that we, we gave you a gift. How many of you have been able to get, get your own account now through Right Now Media? It was a, a free gift that we're giving to our Life Church folks. What's super exciting is over 1,200 of you at, here at Life Church have actually your own accounts at Right Now Media. Now, for those of you, if this is brand new to you, um, this is essentially like Netflix for Christians, uh, without the movies necessarily. It's, it's more like, it's, it's 10,000 Bible studies and videos, and there are kids' videos, family videos. There are uh, Bible studies for, for adults and for teenagers, for young adults, for men, for women, uh, for couples. There are leadership conferences. Best yet, Veggie Tales. I'm super excited that, that Veggie Tales is included in that because that's what we raised our girls on. Yeah. 
Awesome. Anyway, uh, but it's just all in an effort to, to get you into the story of God. And so if you remember, John Grandy came and he talked to us about how this God of this story is a covenant-making, a promise-making God, that, that he came and wanted to be in relationship with people. In fact, he made relationships with individuals. He, he made covenants with, with a, a nation, a nation that was drawn out of slavery, a people group that was in slavery for 400 years, and God wanted a covenant relationship with them and rescued them out of this slavery in order to come and, 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 and be with him and to live life with him and for him. And then uh, Daniel talked about how the story of God has a lead actor, and I loved how Daniel put it. He said that the Old Testament is like a prequel that it looks ahead to this leader that was to come, this Messiah. And then the New Testament, the Second Testament, or testimony, uh, points us back through some of Jesus' closest friends to who this Messiah was and is in Jesus. So the story of God's got a lead actor, and it's also got a grand vision. Last week, Jared talked to us about how God's space and our space are colliding, um, and they, they come together. Uh, the, the prayer that we pray that Jesus taught us, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that we could be carriers of this kingdom, carriers of the kingdom values and the kingdom message to other people around us. So it's got a lead actor, it's got a grand vision, and it's also got a central theme. And that's where we're going this weekend. And that theme is the love of God. Uh, the Bible is God's love letter to us, and he not only tells us he loves us, but he demonstrates how much he loves us over and over and over again. And so we have these letters from God, this, this, these love letters from God that he wants us to, to read. Now, I, I love getting handwritten letters. I'm sure you go out to the, the mailbox and, uh, you know, you go and, and you've got stuff that you just put right in the trash can, right, right in the recycle bin. But if you've got something where you see it's a handwritten address to you, and you open it up, and it's a letter from a friend or a family member. My Aunt Janie, she's just, she's always writing cards and notes and that kind of thing, and that's super cool. Well, um, I found a collection of cards and letters this past weekend. So we just Thursday put our home up for sale, and some people were asking, because, you know, there had been a, a little bit of shifting going on with pastoral staff here at Life Church. like, um, John, Johnny, where are you going? It's like, it's okay, we live in Dearborn, we want to live closer to Life Church. Um, so we put, put our house up for sale, and in that whole process, we've been deciding what to save and what to toss and what to give away and what to sell, that kind of thing. And so uh, last weekend, Michelle, Becca, and I, we were kind of hovered around this. I, I, I've had this chest in uh, our, my family for a long time. I mean, I've seen pictures where I'm little and that, that chest is in our house. And so, you know, we open it up and we've got memories. We've got, you know, pictures and, and cards and, and all, all sorts of things. Well, I have this one collection of cards and letters from my mom because she, is, she has always been somebody who's written notes written letters, sent out cards. She's buying birthday cards and get well cards and happy birthday cards, you know. And she's just always writing to people to share with them how much she cares about them, that she's praying for them, that she's thinking about them. And so I, I can go to this collection, and I did. We were kind of looking through this, and, and I can go to that. And by reading this collection of my mom's letters, I know just how much my mom loves me and cares about me. You kind of get where I'm going with this, that, 
you know what, God has this collection of letters that we can go to and know just how much he loves us and cares about us. Um, one of the cards that I got from my mom was this, just this past weekend where she made a card for me and, and she put this picture of my dad looking at me when I was like a month old. There it is. Oh, yeah, that's a great reaction. Um, but uh, I, I love seeing that, but she, she'll make these cards with old pictures and she's got messages in them and that kind of thing. And obviously I'll save that as part of the collection. But the Bible is this collection of letters that we can go to at any point. And you see, God wants you to read his letters so that you can experience his love. And I, I get that, uh, you know, in my conversations with people, I find that uh, sometimes people don't really believe that God loves them. Um, I'll sometimes run into people that don't believe that God loves them because they don't believe that there is a God to love them. Um, people who may identify themselves as atheists. And let me just say right off the bat, just we are so grateful that you are here. And we, we love that you're investigating faith, investigating what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. And I just want to let you know that Life Church is a safe place for you to move at your own pace and to ask those questions and to investigate faith. Well, I was looking at a study, and, and 32% of atheists, um, the reason that they don't believe in um, God is that they actually grew up in homes where they didn't believe in God. They didn't talk about God. So, But then um, kind of a sad reality is that 60% of those who would currently identify themselves as atheists actually came from a home where they did go to church. They were church-going families, but at some point in their lives, they lost faith. It's possible that you don't believe that God loves you because maybe in college at some point you had a, a professor who kind of sowed some seeds of doubt in your mind and, and so you've got these questions that you know, haven't been answered yet. And, and maybe that's even one where you've, got, you, you've had these unanswered questions like, well, if there's a God who really loves me, then um, why, did, why did I just lose my husband? Or, or why, why are my girls growing up without their dad? Uh, why is my husband um, dying of cancer right now? Or why did I just lose a child to miscarriage? So you may have those unanswered questions. And you also may have unanswered prayers. It, it could even simply be that you kind of doubt God's love for you and whether he cares about you because you've been praying for, man, I just, I need a job, you know, any kind of job right now. And, you know, or you, you're wanting to change jobs or whatever it might be, but you have some unanswered prayers, or uh, maybe, maybe you've made some bad decisions, and, and because of those bad decisions, you, you think that you are unlovable. You think that it, because of your decisions that God somehow loves you less. Let me just let you know that God doesn't love you because you're lovable. God loves you because he's loving. God loves you because he is love. He personifies love. It could be that uh, you, you have a hard time believing that God loves you because you've got some past hurts, and especially if it came from a, a mom or a dad, you know, maybe you have a hard time believing that a heavenly father loves you if you've had a earthly father that didn't love you. That could be a reason. It could be that maybe... It just, it seems like ever since birth, you, you've just had a really tough time at life. You feel like you've been struggling with everything. You, you were born into a situation that was just really, really challenging. Or it could simply be that you've not been reading his letters of love. And I don't know about you, but I, I need that reminder on a daily basis of how much God cares for me and loves me because I struggle with self-doubt. 
I, I struggle with doubts. I struggle with questions. I struggle with fears and that kind of thing. I, I need that reminder. And so it's possible that you're struggling with God's love for you because you're, you've not actually been reading his love letters for you. And my, my hope for tonight is that no matter where you're at on that spectrum, that, that maybe something that, that we, we hear tonight, we do tonight through our worship or through something that I say, that you would begin to believe how much God loves you. Or maybe it's just taking you one step further and you begin to realize how crazy God is about you. So with that in mind, let's just pray and go to God. Father, I just want to thank you so much for your love for us. Sometimes it's hard to believe. But I, I pray that you would help us to believe deep down inside in the core of who we are that you love us, that you care about us, and that you're crazy about us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So just like I could go into this uh, memory box with you know, mom's cards and letters and that kind of thing, and I could probably pull out anyone. It, it could be from my college days or it could be from uh, the time that we were living out in California, whatever it might be. But I could probably pull out any one of those cards or letters from my mom and just know how much she cares and loves about me. And, and, and the thing is, is that we could, we could actually go to any of the letters in the story of God and know how much God loves us. And I get that um, some letters, some books of the Bible are a little bit more challenging to get through than others. It's a little harder sometimes to see God's love in, in some of the books. But, but the fact is, is that God's love shows up right from the very beginning in, in Genesis. And, and what we find is that here God has hand-created, hand-crafted mankind, Adam and Eve. And we get this picture of of Adam and Eve, and after they have turned their backs on God, uh, they hear him, incredible picture, they hear him walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and when they hear the sound of his footsteps, they go into hiding, and then God, and this, this shows you his, his pursuing love of people, he asks them this simple question, where are you? It's possible that maybe he's asking you that question because he, he wants to walk into your life and into your world and, and just be with you, to be in relationship with you. And he's simply asking, where are you? Or uh, even in um, their, their history books, like, like Exodus, where we find uh, there's a song that, that Moses writes, and, and part of that song says this, that... And this is God's motivation. With your unfailing love, you lead, lead the people that you have redeemed. You see, God went and rescued a group of people who were in slavery, wanted them to be in relationship with him. And the reason for that, the motivation behind that was, was God's unfailing love for them. We find that in Exodus. We, we even find that in their laws. We find that God's love shows up in their laws. Like in, in Leviticus, it, there could be uh, some struggle in trying to find that, a little bit of a challenge to find that in Leviticus. But what we find in their laws is that uh, God's love was to be reflected in how they treated one another. In fact, you, you probably remember this verse because it's a, a verse that Jesus said. Uh, but they, they said in their laws to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Verses later, they were to apply that law to their relationship with those who were foreigners among them. It said, love the foreigners 
as you love yourself. God's love expressed to them was to be expressed to one another, their neighbors, but it was also to be expressed to the foreigners living among them. And this one may be kind of obvious, but you know, you can look in the, the, their songbook, their, their book of worship, the Psalms, and find these incredible pictures of what God's love looks like. How precious is your unfailing love, O God. All humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. I love pictures like that. We, so I, uh, I love having bird feeders out in the backyard. And it comes from my grandma who, who also loved that. But we've got nests back there as well. And, and I just see how, uh, you know, M- Mama Bird, she's just hovering over her young, young ones and she's, she's protecting them. And this is a picture that God uses of himself about how he wants to love us and care for us. And we also have pictures of him being a father and, and, and picking up these children and, and being cheek to cheek with them and, and just loving on them. And we also have um, other pictures as well. Uh, we, we have God's love, uh, kind of obvious, uh, showing up in the prophets. And especially in, in Jeremiah where he says this. Very interesting word picture that, that he has here. He says, I loved them as a husband loves his wife. And it's, it's that picture that I'd like to just stay on for a moment because we find this all throughout scriptures. We find this in their history books. We find this in their prophecies. We even find this in, in the New Testament where, where we are called the bride of Christ, that we are to be married to him and intimately connected with him. And so we have this picture from the prophets and, and especially the prophet Hosea. So just some background on Hosea for a moment, but uh, the, the, the nation has already been divided, that there is a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. Israel is the, the northern kingdom, Judah is the southern kingdom, and at this time, Hosea is a prophet uh, in, in Israel at the time. Uh, he, he, it's possible that he's, he's fairly, fairly popular uh, a fairly popular speaker, and, and so they know all about Hosea. And at some point in his ministry, possibly as he's younger, God speaks to him and says, listen, I want you to go marry a woman who's got some history. I want you to marry a promiscuous woman. And so Hosea doesn't skip a beat. Maybe there's, there's somebody in town that has caught his attention. And, and the fact is, is that there is actually somebody in town that's caught the attention of a lot of the men in town because she's been with a, a lot of the men in town. And so whether there's some kind of courtship and, and dating happening at the time, um, he, you know, they, they, they court, they date, they, they get engaged, and then they get married. And who knows? I, I don't know if Hosea has any doubts. You know, whether there's actually been any proof, whether she's actually been unfaithful to him as they were going through their engagement years or what. But after they, they get married, they have, a, they have a son. They've got a baby boy. Soon after their boy is born, they've got a, a baby girl. After she's born, they have another son. And sometime after that third child is born, she leaves. 
she's left him. And, and whether it's, you know, he wakes up in the middle of the night to realize that she's no longer there, or, or maybe he comes home from work and finds that she's no longer there. I don't know if he found a note or whatever it might be, but he just knows that something's not right. And, and now he's a single dad. And I know some of you have, have been through that. You, you kind of know what Hosea is going through. And what's interesting is that because in a sense, you know, and, and she, he already knows what's happening, that, that she's gone off to be with some other men and it's possible that she went to go be with an old flame, you know, somebody uh, before, that, before they were married to uh, Hosea. And so he's investigating and trying to find out where she's at. And I don't know if he tries to look in, in, in homes where, where she had lovers before. But as he begins to do his investigation, as he's trying to find her, trying to look for her, and he's like, hey, and, and, and remember this. This guy's a really popular preacher in his day. Can you imagine what it would be like? I mean, it was, it was, it was probably a little questionable. People who didn't maybe know the full story know what was going on. But, he, you know, he's coming up to people and going, listen, um, have you seen my wife? Oh, yeah, I, I, I saw her a couple days ago. I mean, could you imagine maybe, you know, him going up to somebody that she's already known? Oh, yeah, um, I, I saw her a couple days ago, and she was just up the street. And, and maybe it's a, a really bad part of town. I mean, I, I know where there are some bad parts of town around Dearborn, Dearborn Heights. And so he goes to these places and he, at, at one point he, he, he finds her and he, he sees that she's hurting, possibly physically, but definitely emotionally. There, there would come a point where she would admit that she had it so good back in Hosea's home. And, but he comes to her and he speaks tenderly to her and he, he wants to bring her back. Problem is, is that she's, because she's, a, a, now a prostitute, she's in the sex trade, somebody else owns her, and he now needs to ransom her. He actually has to pay a price for someone who is, in a sense, already his, he, already his wife. I mean, we get this picture of the gospel of Jesus, that this is how he has purchased us, he has bought us for himself. But he does it, he, he, he pays the ransom price, he, he redeems her and brings her back into his home and this isn't just a story God says about Hosea and Gomer. This is a story about how God has seen his relationship with this people group that he wanted for himself. He wanted them to, in a sense, only have eyes for him. Hosea 3.1 says, Then the Lord said to me, Go and love your wife again, even though she commits adultery with another lover. This will illustrate that the Lord still loves. Camp out on that a second. Just repeat that after me. He still loves. He still loves. This is going to illustrate that the Lord still loves Israel even though the people have turned to other gods and love to worship them. They are so enamored with the culture around them, the gods around them, that they have, have decided to live for them instead of to live for God. And in God's mind, idolatry equals adultery. It's not just that we made a mistake or we've committed some sin. It, it actually goes deeper that to God, it feels like unfaithfulness. It, it feels like being cheated on. 
And so what, what's interesting is that even though Israel was at a time that they were living in a, a time of prosperity, they, they were chasing after other things to bring happiness. In fact, there were three core desires that drove them, that, that happiness, they felt like happiness could be, could be purchased, it could be bought. Another desire that drove them was that fulfillment was found in pursuing self-gratification. It was all about me. It was all about what I can get out of life and what I can get out of relationships. And there was a third core desire that meaning can be found in inanimate objects. That the, the things that we make. The, the, and so, you know, the, the prophets would talk about this. He says, listen, you know, you've got these, you've got these idols, but they, they can't talk to you. They're not listening to you. But here they were trying to find happiness and, and fulfillment and love in what can be bought and, and self-gratification and in acquiring of things. And God says, no, love is not found there. Happiness and fulfillment is not found there. It can only be found in me. And, and I feel like that the, beside the demonstration of God's love for us in the cross of Jesus Christ, there's probably no greater picture of God's love than in Hosea's love for Gomer and what he does to win her back. And just so we're clear, we are Gomer. We're not Hosea. Sometimes we'll read a, a story or, or watch a movie and we kind of think we identify with the hero in the story, but, but in fact, we're the ones who are pursuing, in a sense, other lovers. We've got other gods that we're going after when God is saying, listen, I want you just to be faithful to me. I want you to love me alone. And so, you know, we, we don't pursue God. God is the one who is actually pursuing us. And it's, that, it's been that way from, from the very beginning. I mean, over the centuries, God wrote these letters and just simply reminded, of, uh, reminded them that, that it's his desire to be in covenant relationship with them. And yet what, what they were bent on doing is turning their backs on God, and I'm not going to flip you off or anything, but it's kind of like they were flipping God off and saying, you know what, forget you, I'm going to do my own thing, I'm going to go my own way. And then God would tell them that their actions had consequences. And sometimes those consequences, as children know, that when, you're, when you disobey parents, there are consequences for your actions. And that could be something that's happening as well. But the other thing that he wanted to let them know, and this is in any book, <laughs> any letter of, of the story of God, is that he would relentlessly pursue them because he loves them. I mean, that, that just sounds kind of crazy. Just as crazy as, as home. Uh, Hosea going after Gomer is God pursuing us. Why in the world would God pursue us? I, I, I feel like he just, he can't, he can't help himself. One of the most famous scriptures in, in all of the Bible about God's love is, maybe you've heard this one before, maybe you've seen it referred to in a, in a sports auditorium, but for so, so, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. How many of you are in the world? Yep, yep, everybody should have their name up. You're in the world. Uh, that means that God loves you. But for God so loved, do you know a parent that so loves their kids? I, you, you see them on Facebook, you know, they're always taking you know, pictures and oh, they just walked and did all this kind of stuff. I love being a parent. In fact, um, before we, we had our kids, I, I would always watch my uncle with my 
my cousins, Jill and Jenny, and think, ah, oh, it'd be so much fun to have girls, even though I thought I was just going to have boys, because that's been the case in, my, in the Ajo family line for over 100 years, that my great-grandpa had boys, my grandpa had boys, my dad had boys, my uncle's got a boy. Oh, I'm going to have boys. I don't know if we even had a girl's name picked out when, when Christy was born. But because of my desire to have girls, when we had Christy, I just remember vividly that night and holding her in, in my arms. I mean, we had that picture of, of dad holding me. I've got that picture in my head of, of holding Christy and hearing in my spirit, there you go, kid. There's your heart's desire. And I, I've, man, I love that girl. Did she make me mad at times? It happened once or twice. I, I think the two of us kind of got on each other's nerves more but I, because she is the most like me. Why does God pursue us? He can't help himself. Uh, why does God pursue us? Because, because God is love. I mean, that, that same author that wrote, For God So Loved the World, also wrote this. He said, love comes from God. If you know God, you know love. If you know love, you know God. You're always thinking about, when you, when you think about love, you think about God. When you think about God, you think about love. It's because God personifies love. God is love, John says in his little letter. So just think about the people that personify different things. For you, to you, who, um, who personifies the game of golf in your mind? I can't hear you. Yeah, Tiger Woods. I mean, he hadn't won a, a major in, in forever, it seemed, right? And yet still the golf world was just so enamored with him. He personifies golf. Who personifies basketball in your mind? Still, I mean, so many of you are saying, saying Jordan, and yet he's been out of the game for a long time, and, and we've had stars, uh, you know, it, I guess it just depends on what generation you're living, you, you know, you come from, right? Um, this will be interesting. Who personifies weightlifting in your mind? Schwarzenegger, yeah. I mean, uh, we were living out in California when I voted for him as governor, you know. Um, and, but, you know, it, it's amazing that, that he still personifies that. We still think about him. God is love. I've got a daughter who personifies that truth. Uh, we did something crazy a couple of years ago where we did a, a family tattoo party. And it was a buddy of mine, Nate Rodriguez, we, we went to his place and, and we were doing this together. Uh, Michelle didn't really love it. She was like, oh, I don't know, this, I don't know, this, you're crazy. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I, I kind of knew what, what, what the girls wanted, but I didn't know why. And, and I love what Nate does because he does this as, as a ministry. So he was asking, so why do you want this tattoo? Tell me a little bit about your story. And so uh, when, when Sierra was sharing her story and shared why she wanted this one, she shared it. And, and what's, what's super cool is for the past two, three years, ever since uh, we did that, 70 to 80% of the time that I think about Sierra or, or when I'm spending time with her, I am reminded of what she has and then I'm reminded of a song and then I'm reminded of a truth. Can you maybe help me sing this? Your love never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out on me. Your love never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out on me. She has love never fails. To me, she personifies that truth. God is love. He personifies it. Why does God pursue us? He can't help himself. He personifies love. He is love. And he loves being with us. We, we heard this all throughout the story of God's series about how God 
wanted to be with Adam and Eve and walk with them in the Garden of Eden and, and, and how, they, how he wanted to be with his people and how they set up a tabernacle as a picture of God living with his people. And then once they finally were in their land, then they had this temple. And, and even though Solomon, he, he admits it's like, oh, God can't live in this place. I mean, um, but it was a picture of God wanting to live with them. And then John chapter 1 talks about the fact that Jesus was God in the flesh and longed to, the word is, tabernacle with his people. He wanted to be with us. Uh, I love being with all my girls, but uh, Becca and I have a, a fun love of cars. So from the time that, that she was in fourth grade, we were going to Autorama together, and she was taking pictures and, and that kind of thing, and, and we've gone out to car shows and whatnot. Uh, she, she's loved being with me on those kind of things. Or, or maybe going to Home Depot. She was little. Do you remember when Home Depot used to have those little, little carts? And uh, so she loved getting her little cart and going around Home Depot. And anytime she, she heard that we were going to go, I, I always thought that I, I wish I would have filmed her because I thought it would make a really great commercial for Home Depot. But whenever she, we would go there, she, she'd yell out, Home Depot! And I'm like, this girl, all right. Um, but she, she always loved doing things with me. I love doing things with her. And one of the things that happens, and I, I so she's, she's done this ever, ever since she was little, but we would be walking through the store, and then she would, she'd grab my arm, and we, we would walk through the store arm in arm. And I'm like, oh, this is fun. And, um, and then I thought, well, it, you know, but at some point it's not going to be cool, and she's going to be a teenager, and it's not going to be cool anymore. She didn't care. She, she got into her teen years. We would still be walking uh, it through stores and she'd grab my arm and, and we would be, be arm in arm. Recently, so Becca came home from college and uh, just this past spring I was uh, coaching uh, John Glenn track. And so she went with me on one of the track meets. So we were meeting kids in the high school and it was as, as all these high schoolers were getting out of their classes, we're walking down the hall and she grabs my arm, and we're walking down the hall together. She's 19 years old right now and could care less that we were in a high school and could care less if it looked cool or not. She loved being with me. God loves being with you. This is why he pursues us. He can't help himself. He personifies love. He wants to be with you. As we close, listen for God's passion to pursue us. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed, he demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were still, there's that word again, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Will you stand? If this is the very first time that you either heard or you began to believe that God loves you and wants to be in relationship with you and you want to start a brand new relationship with him again, I want to invite you to pray with me just to begin that relationship with him by talking to him. Or Maybe for a long time you've believed that God doesn't love you or doesn't love you as much. But maybe you're begin, beginning to sense how crazy he is about you. And you want to return to him. See, we do have a decision. We can either 
turn our backs to him or we can turn back to him. And I'm encouraging you tonight to turn back. Let's pray. And if this is the case for you, just pray along with me. Pray in your heart. Pray out loud. Father, thank you for your love for me and for demonstrating that love in Jesus, dying on a cross for me, paying the price for the crimes that I've committed. Help me to live into that relationship and and place people around me who can encourage me in this brand new friendship. Father, help me to continue to experience your love for me. I trust you with my life. And I want to be someone who carries that love to other people. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks so much for listening. If you've been listening since the beginning, I want to say thank you for continuing to uh, tune into these podcasts. We're hoping that this continues to grow into something that um, can be a powerful way for us to connect to Jesus and connect to um, teaching about the Word of God during the week. Um, We're looking forward to continuing this process of um, building more content, um, and we're just thankful to have you here, whether you're driving on your way to work, whether you're uh, on your way to class, or maybe uh, sitting on your lunch break somewhere. We're thankful that you're engaging with this content that we're uh, doing these sermon series about, and we're thankful that you're tuning in. Um, if you want more information about Life Church Canton or other churches in the Life Church Network, whether that's Life Church Southfield, Life Church Livonia, or Life Church Auburn Hills, you can go to lifechurchcanton.org or fill out the form linked in the show notes below and someone from the church will reach out to you with more information. If you came to Life Church for the first time this past weekend, we would love to know about that. We believe that life isn't meant to be lived in isolation, but we want to connect with you and learn to live like Jesus in community together. We don't have this all figured out, and we want to figure it out together uh, in community, and that's that's what the church is all about. Um, if you want to email the show, if you have any questions, you can do that at podcast at lifechurchcanton.org. You can subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Apple or Spotify or uh, Google or wherever. Um, If you're enjoying it, please share it with a friend. Leave us a review. We don't ask for that to boost our ego, but uh, just to get in front of more people and to to boost this reach. Um, Once again, my name is Sam Parham, and you've been listening to the Life Church Canton Podcast. Have a great week, everybody.